At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, we believe theological education should be confessional. Because of our desire to identify with what Christ has done in His Church throughout the centuries, we fully adhere to the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. This standard keeps us accountable and preserves us from novelty. For more information on how you can receive informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, check out our website, cbtseminary.org. Welcome to another episode of the Pastor's Inbox on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. The topic of this conversation was uh, brought forth by a question that was submitted on the inbox. And so I'll just read it and then I'll announce the title. You'll probably uh, guess the subject after hearing the question. So here's how it reads. Good morning. In light of the podcast on church membership, I wanted to suggest a related topic. Someone recently tweeted that a church does not have multiple sites, basically decrying the megachurch multi-campus model where sermons are telecasted. I agree there are problems with the model, but it seems a stretch to say it's not a church when ultimately there is but a single universal church. What are your thoughts to this question? Uh, comment that has been suggested to us. So that's the way the question reads. If you didn't uh, get the the topic from uh, reading the question or me reading the question to you, I'll more explicitly say it. The title of our episode is Multiple Campuses with a question mark. You can hear mm-hmm. the inflection in my voice. Multiple campuses. So uh, should there be multiple campuses? Are uh, churches that have multiple campuses uh, churches. Uh, so I kind of have opened it up a little bit more than what, uh, it was originally written, but brothers, what are your thoughts to this question that has been submitted? Well, my initial, uh, gut reaction to the question or to the whole subject of multi-campuses, I must confess was not positive. Uh, though I do think this is an excellent and a very important question. It certainly deserves careful thought. The questioner is very right in saying there is a single universal church, and and that includes all true believers everywhere. But Scripture shows that there are local churches. Mm -hmm. The epistles are written to specific congregations. That's not to the church universal only. And uh, we could trace that out. I think we probably have addressed that somewhere in the past in uh, the inbox. But uh, so our own confession recognizes that when about Christ commanding his people to walk together in particular societies or churches for their mutual edification, uh, etc. It's addressed again in, in uh, chapter 26 and paragraph 12, where as all believers are bound to put themselves in particular churches. So you know, we, we mustn't confuse the fact between church universal and church local. And really the question should be asked is this, is it a true local church if it is multi-campus, meeting at multiple sites using uh, telecasts? And I would have to say, can we really give just a quick yes or no to that? Or is there a a one-size-fits-all answer? Uh, Looking at the scriptures, you think of Acts chapter 2 and those uh, 
uh, days following that. You've got 3,000 converted. Then later, we're told of 5,000 there in Jerusalem and Acts. Were they all meeting in, in just one large building there in Jerusalem? Uh, I wonder. Uh, that would almost seem unlikely. Mm-hmm. But whatever the case, we do see that that group, those people, they were called the church at Jerusalem, even in those days, Acts 8 1. Uh, not churches in Jerusalem. There was one church, but uh, does that mean that they had multiple sites and yet were still considered one church? Or coming now into something more contemporary, uh, how about when larger churches? Uh, break up into small groups for midweek services? Uh, do they cease to be the same church, even though they are in that sense uh, multi-campus? Uh, or what about when uh, churches live streamed during COVID lockdowns? And there you've got going into each home. Uh, were they not a church then in those days? Admittedly, it was abnormal, but uh, would that not be considered some kind of, of a church meeting? Or if a congregation doesn't have anyone to teach publicly, or if in other ways they've decided to use uh, video uh, instead of live preaching for whatever reason, uh, does that mean, well, I'm sorry, this is wrong. It's a telecast type thing. You're not really having a, a, a preaching service, a worship service. Or uh, some small rural churches. Uh, having to share a preacher. I know when I was a, a young man in, in Grayson County, Virginia, the Methodist church there, the, the pastor had several uh, churches. So he'd come and preach at one church this week and then elsewhere and elsewhere, or the old circuit rider uh, approach, I suppose. Well, is that better than having a, a telecast and people all being in these different locations hearing a preacher? Uh, Metropolitan Tabernacle, I remember hearing back in the days of Spurgeon that sometimes members were asked not to attend uh, the the evangelistic sermons at times to make uh, room for unsaved visitors. Well, is is that better than in our day being able to use technology and do telecasting? Please understand, I'm not trying to advocate for multi-site churches. It may sound like that. Joe, don't write me up as a heretic, man. I'm not, I'm not advocating for it. But each of these scenarios at least uh, gives some valid point with regard to the whole question of multi-campus meetings. And therefore, can we say that these are entirely wrong in every case? Or can it be a legitimate way to meet need. Now, admittedly, it's not the biblical norm, and the submitter of the question talked about, yeah, he could see the uh, problems with it. It's certainly not ideal, and I would say that in a number of ways it's not ideal, but is it, in fact, entirely and always wrong? Uh, I I would want to give a, a quick uh, caveat on that. If, if somebody's conscience uh, thinks it's wrong and they, they cannot be uh, carried, then they ought not do it. And certainly we should follow conscience, not the uh, dictates of current trends or, or just pragmatism. But again, it, it must we conclude it's always in every case 
wrong. I had the privilege of speaking with a brother just recently, and uh, they are multi-site. They're in a rural area, and uh, members are quite a distance from each other. And uh, what they've been doing to make up for some of the problems that go with it, uh, it was, I thought, very commendable. There are many reasons for saying it's not ideal. And and in fact, where uh, multi-site churches may be very, very wrong, not every situation, as Ori referred to, this one brother, they're they're taking steps to make up for where there would otherwise be lacking. Uh, for one thing, church life is more than preaching. It's not just a matter of hearing the word preached, mm-hmm. as important as that is. You've got <laughs> fellowship with the saints. But you've also accountability. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 talks about you know, knowing those who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. That's hands-on. Or we've looked in a previous study at Hebrews 13, 17 about uh, those who oversee, submit to those who are the rule over you as they uh, uh, watch for your souls, as those who must give an account. Uh, if there's no pastoral oversight, no shepherding, uh, well, that's not safe. It's not right, wise. It's, it's not right. Uh, there is to be that. Uh, so there must be real shepherding. The relationship between uh, people and pastors needs to be very much a, a personal relationship, however many elders the church has. But Peter talks about shepherding the church among you. Well, you're right there. You know these sheep. Mm-hmm. Or when uh, uh, we've got in First Thessalonians, I've already referred to that, it talks about not just knowing them, but esteeming them highly in love. Well, it's kind of hard to do that if all you know is this guy's face is on a big screen out there somewhere. So uh, these things would, would really call for that. Again, I've already referred to the case where uh, this one pastor, with he's got several elders, and they are uh, elders in these other, call them campuses or other sites where the, the churches are meeting. And, and this brother himself would go to each of these uh, places and preach week by week. Well, they're recognizing that that there needs to be that personal interaction going on, and you're not going to have that if it's all just telecast on the big screen, and that's all you get. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Lloyd Jones, uh, I thought about looking, I think it's in his uh, uh, preaching and preachers, but he makes reference to the interaction between the preacher and hearer. And Joe, I know you know something of that in your own preaching, where you're able to read the congregation and mm-hmm. where they are. Do I need to back up and illustrate that, put a little bit more light on the subject and so forth? And then, too, for the live preaching, and there's that mysterious working of the Holy Spirit. Uh, again, the gathered church where two or three gather, Christ is present, uh, the temple of God where God dwells by his spirit, 1 Corinthians 3. Well, there's a dynamic going on there that can that really be replicated by live streaming or or telecast in, in one big case. But in any event, preaching is, is not just a one-way street. Mm-hmm. Preacher, teacher, I, I know of men when they've given some kind of lectures. They want a live audience while they're doing that, because just looking at a camera is very artificial going mm-hmm. on here. And, and, well, you can't hardly have that uh, two-way interaction going on if it's just telecast. And if it's simply because, well, we've got a celebrity preacher, mm. uh, that is problematic 
on so many levels. You know, uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians about, I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos. We got our celebrity right here. That's our guy. Uh, or you've got, like in Ezekiel 33, that warning, the people, they were wanting to listen to Ezekiel as if he was a, a, a singer who could play an instrument well. Uh, they weren't there for their spiritual prospering. It's just uh, he was a good preacher, evidently. And uh, that's what they wanted, is uh, to hear that. And then for the quote, celebrity uh, preacher himself. You know, Paul talked about the danger that he faced, that he could be exalted above measure in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Well, uh, surely if Paul could face that as a, uh, a reality, then you don't want to put preachers in that position to be exalted above measure. Uh, Joe, before I hand this to you, I'm simply going to sum it up by saying the norm and the ideal is that common pattern that we have in Scripture, identifiable, identifiable members under a recognized leaders where God dwells by his Spirit, and it's those leaders who speak the Word of God to you and where they are known and uh, uh, esteemed highly in love for their work's sake, and where Christ is present among his lampstands uh, holding those stars, those uh, messengers in his right hand, using them. Brother, I've gone long. Uh, <laughs> please help me out here. Well, brother, as you were uh, uh, talking, very good stuff. Thank you for it. Um, I was thinking towards the end of your uh, talk that I still had one bullet left in my gun that you had not already fired. And then you took it, the celebrity pastor. And so there's not much left for me to say. Uh, I can say this. You're going to have to say a whole lot worse than what I just heard you say before I'm ever going to call you a heretic. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to call you a heretic. As a matter of fact, I think you make some, some good arguments that sometimes it may be essential uh, to do this, even though we could consider it on the whole and under most circumstances, a problematic model, the multi-campus model. You know, the first remark you made was, was the first thing I had uh, thought about saying uh, when the uh, question says, uh, I agree there are problems with the model, but it seems a stretch to say it's not a church when ultimately there is but a single universal church. Now, I don't know exactly what our questioner meant by that. I won't put words into his mouth, but uh, while I'd certainly agree with the statement that there is but one single universal church, I don't believe that that truth in the least degree makes unnecessary the local church. Mm. Thank you, Brother Lee, for pointing that out. Uh, the truth of the universal church does not lessen every believer's duty to find, join, and give himself to a true local church. Um, I, I certainly, uh, would, would need more evidence before I could say that a multi-site church is not a church. Uh, I'm going to need more than just the fact that they are multi-campus and multi-site. Hmm. I don't, I don't see where that would, uh, ever fit any kind of criteria to unchurch a church. While the model may have some problematic tendencies, um, I, I'm not able to say it's not a church. I think we'll cover this in an upcoming episode, but, uh, 
uh, I'm very, very careful about unchurching a church unless I have some, what I consider to be scriptural reason to do so. Number one, that's the job of the head of the church to uh, pronounce uh, a church as Ichabod and the glory has departed or to spew them out of his mouth. That's not my job. Uh, as long as a church is sound on the gospel, I'm going to be very, very uh, slow to uh, ever say it's, it's uh, not a true church. I'm probably rambling here, but I will say this. I agree that the multi-site, multi-campus mega church model has some problematic tendencies. Doesn't mean it's not a church, but it has some, and I'll just echo what you said, uh, Brother Lee. Telecast sermons lose that dynamic that needs to exist between the preacher and the people. And I'll just read what I had written here which was to be my final bullet, which you've already fired. <laughs> Multi-site mega churches are too easy. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if you said this or not. Yeah, well, yes, you did. It's too easy to become lost in them. Hmm. There's not that it's too easy to lose the close knit accountability. The Bible says, let us provoke one another. Let us love one another. Let us uh, watch over one another. That kind of fellowship and oversight can easily be missed in any, in, in even a larger church, unless there are multiple elders who can provide that. We don't want the sheep getting lost. And again, as you said, the mega church model runs the risk of being about one charismatic personality that is not usually healthy. It produces a church that gives the man more glory than it gives to God. For this reason, uh, we as elders uh, and God has blessed us. We are a growing assembly, uh, but we have agreed that when we, when we get to a certain size, we're going to seek to plant because when we get to that size, we're probably going to have some people coming from a few miles away. And hopefully we'll have a few people in an area where there is a nucleus to plant another church. So planting churches, I will say this, the planting church model of the New Testament to me is better than the multi-campus model. Mm -hmm. Let's plant brothers. Yeah. Okay, Austin, back to you. Or Lee, if you have anything else to say. No, that, that's, I think you hit it well, brother. Amen. Well, I think that uh, our co-hosts have uh, sufficiently answered this question that was submitted to us uh, hopefully to the submitter's satisfaction and if uh, the submitter has any more questions they can follow up or if you have any questions as uh, a listener related to anything we've been talking about you can feel free to submit your question to pastor's inbox at cbtseminary.org we have been discussing the question of multiple campuses and I believe our question has been answered. So until next time, we wish you grace and peace.